0: Welcome everybody to episode 20 of Card School. This week's episode, we are going around the league as per usual. We take a listener question about new collectors and how they look after their cards. We also deep dive, we continue our deep dive into the manifesto, Josh Luber. Wow, part two is is coming up.
1: For many, they're relics of a bygone era, but sports card collecting is having a moment. Adam, how are you today, mate?
0: I am fantastic. It's nice and warm. Summer is here. It's December and Christmas is almost upon us. What else could go wrong?
1: (laughs) The advent calendar is out.
0: It is. We're a few days in too. (laughs) Sugar rush central.
1: Weather's beautiful down my neck of the woods too, mate. So we've just had great day outside with the family. It's been being really good.
0: Nice to have a day where it, it's like in the twenties for the whole day rather than thirty in the morning and then hailstorms and, hail storms and yeah. ten degrees afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful Melbourne. I think
1: we should start off with some big news. Big news. Big news.
0: Been working together for 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 a few episodes now. And uh, I guess it's it's time to tell the world. Let's do it. All right, we've got a new show. Um, this doesn't mean the end of end of Card School. Card School will definitely uh, be back. Live on. Yep. Yeah, it will be living on when we get the whole crew together. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, uh, myself and and yourself, Russell, we've come up with a, a new podcast name, and this is effectively episode one of. Did you want to announce it?
1: It was your idea. It was a beautiful choice.
0: All right. Now, we hear this everywhere we go um, in this hobby. So, this is now the You Can't Comp This NBA podcast. Beautiful. Episode one.
1: So, we'll put this episode on both platforms.
0: Of course. We're still still part of card school and and it would be an injustice, I guess, if we're going to cover three parts of the Josh Luber manifesto. Where parts one and two are on card school, and part three be on another podcast. So we'll, just we'll keep rude. those together, and yep. just so anybody that wants to listen to the the uh, this magical trilogy uh, yep. can do so on the same same platform.
1: So Instagram handle is you can't comp this. Twitter at you can't comp this. Gmail you can't comp this at gmail.com and Facebook we've got a group set up. Just search for "you can't comp this podcast" and you'll find us there.
0: Yep. So anytime people are saying no comps, you can you can look for us. You can't comp this. <laughs> That's right. Yep. No eBay comps on this show. <laughs> 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 oh boy, what a right. what a start! Now uh, around the league, I think we've got That's a good. lot of
1: news. The big one: PSA purchasing card letter. What do you think about this, mate?
0: <laughs> I, I think Card Ladder are going to be uh, – well, I mean, Card Ladder does disclose a lot of, P, like, defaults to PSA as a grading service of choice because they're number one, but it's, it's just interesting. The most interesting.
1: are sold. Like, I, PSA I have got we, the market share.
0: Well, we talked – we touched on this, uh, or I touched on it a few weeks back, I think, where we were talking about how you would get all of that information together mm-hmm. if you were going to regulate – the industry PSA have just gone and bought a potential website to 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 do this so they're going to have not only their own uh information or database of uh of all the different graded cards they're they going to have databases on on other companies and BGS and like everybody so that's I don't know if, if if I'm a regulatory body. If I if I feel comfortable with a grading company owning sort of the 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 information point at which this information is sort of stored. But
1: interesting, yeah.
0: It's it it's it just shows that there are moves being made, a
1: lot of moves. Yeah. So, what do you think that PSA's strategy was to buy? card letter. Why? What's your perspective on that?
0: I think this is in line with them buying other grading companies. Uh, I think they're really looking to make a big push to expand. Uh, and and look, you, you don't have to be uh, a genius to work out that in the hobby, the financial side of it is the graded cards are where the value is. So if you are at the forefront of grading you're 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 sitting pretty, and if you back off and and sort of rest on your laurels and don't don't do anything innovative, there's there's chances that people are going to come um, chomping at your heels. This is like, if not the exact same, but this is like cryptocurrency taking on real tangible currency. Sure, this is innovation, and the industry is going to be innovated significantly over the next decade and we know fanatics are coming in we know there's a lot of change in the wind and i think psa just want to be at the forefront of uh, of the grading side of things
1: yeah so i think from my perspective i think they're buying data and they're trying to buy a lot of data yep. and they have bought the industry leader because yep the maybe data- they listened
0: the- to the podcast the other week. <laughs>
1: I suspect the negotiation had been going on much longer than just listening to our little podcast. But oh, maybe, a of maybe the meeting true. might
0: be. You know what? I was listening to this card school podcast. This This guy had a really good point that we should know everything. <laughs> Let's buy everything.
1: Yeah. So I think they bought the industry leader. No yep. doubt about that. That was something that is definitely part of the strategy. Mm-hmm. So the key points for me is that. They bought the whole company and they're keeping on all the staff. So, they're not looking to move people out. They're actually just looking to expand it. So, as a consumer, what does that mean? Okay. So, I'm going to use Darren Fox as an example. When I go on there, I can't find all the cards that I'm looking for. So, moving forward into the future with an expanded staff, more cash roll, More money Mm. behind them, they can actually expand out their database. Yeah, and again, what are they purchasing Mm. here? At the end of the day, they're purchasing data. So now also gives them the opportunity to produce more data. So for me, I see the the strategy behind that. You know, being able to monetize that data, Mm. but also as a consumer, that's the thing that I'm really excited about too. Is to see you know a better product that's being delivered to me. Um, Yeah. The, yep. again the key point for me too is that card ladder verifies all their sales before it goes on to there and again I'm being very biased here but it's a it's something that's on my mind at the moment so Fox has gone down 50 percent so I've bought up two PSA 10 silvers in the last two weeks and one of my sales isn't up there despite the fact I know it is a, a verified sale so not all of the information just goes on there automatically it takes some time to you know verify and process and clean the data before it makes it onto the da- database
0: and that's um that that's good to know that well PSA are buying a company with integrity absolutely which is what you're going to do if you buy a market leader so yep it's interesting it's just very um, yeah you can see things taking shape and and I think PSA keeping Just buying the company, as you said, uh, keeping all the staff on, everything stays the same. Yep. Um, They're just literally saying we want to own that because that is that's a that's a market. It's it's, this is this is the way of the future. Having this information, having this data, is going to prove to be invaluable
1: moving forward. I think my other thought about this too was more in a general hobby perspective, not just data in this sense, but then buying up smaller companies to absorb them into the PSA space. So, for example, we've got a million different grading companies coming up at the moment. Is there any potential that PSA will see one that's got good technology, Mm -hmm. good processes, good staff on their books? Okay, we'll invest into that company and bring it into the PSA umbrella and then essentially turn it into like a, a franchise McDonald's type thing. But then they'll implement the PSA strategy, processes, structure, and then data share or process share. What I do you think s- that
0: would look like, though? Do you, would would they would they incorporate? Would they go for a different look?
1: I think would they, they would they, would they absorb
0: someone in just so their capacity increases
1: and increase their capacity? I could mm. see that happening. Mm. I wouldn't be sh- shocked to see that happen in the future. Mm.
0: I would uh, I, I, would hazard a guess that uh, all the lower-end cards, and, and not to be um, critical of the, the 750,000 Zion 10s that are circulating through the world, um, but, yeah, doing the, 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 the PRISM-based stuff may go out to one of these, um, we'll call them subsidiaries. To be to be graded, and just come out with a PSA slab. Cool. It really changes PSA's capacity to be able to focus on higher end stuff that they do get in, rather than the the volume stuff that's coming through. Yeah. That then that then raises a question about integrity
1: um, of Logistics, the grading process. Double handling. Yep. But sure, yep. I see where you're going with that. Definitely. Mm. Mm. Interesting so, though. Just I need to fact check there. It's seventy five thousand, not seven hundred and fifty thousand.
0: No, no, that's not that's not last week's numbers. We're we we're, we're talking
1: uh after Christmas. <laughs> and now now we're fact checking. We need to Cobra is giving
0: everybody
1: we a Zion
0: ten for Christmas.
1: Received a PM this week from Al that we made a error. Oh no. We referred to uh charlie Wonka, when in fact it's charlie bucket so to our audiences we apologize for this error we endeavor to do better in the future
0: sorry al we'll um we'll get it we'll get to watching uh charlie and the chocolate factory again and make sure that we get our our character references correct
1: that's in right the future. we have much higher standards here
0: yes Oh, we're gonna to have to go through QA, <laughs> our own QA Definitely. process.
1: All righty, national treasures. I think we should talk about this. Yes, box prices. Do you think it's gone up or down since the Logoman Zone got pulled?
0: Uh, I reckon it hasn't changed.
1: Yep, it's actually gone up about five hundred a box. What? Went down a little bit and then. Come back very strongly. So seven two, fifty was the last sold price when that Zion got pulled. That was like six Whoa. seven. it was selling for? Wow. Interesting. Wow, right? it's probably stirred up a little bit of interest, a little bit of action, and then you know,
0: it's it's funny. It's like the cards already gone. You're not going to pull another one.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: just but people look at the list and go, oh, I could pull this and this and this. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I still, guess that that correlates very well with the whole PSA buying
1: information. There's still value out there. It's not mm. like there's one card to pull out of that set. Like, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so, but it's interesting to see that it hasn't actually um, adversely affected the product.
1: Yeah, it's maybe it's just really good advertising for the product.
0: Yeah, some people will be like, "Oh, what? You can still get it."
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we haven't spoken about it for what eight months, six months, and then yep. here we are.
0: This is yep. true. This is true. I mean,
1: should 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 should
0: we uh, should we use this as a as a segue to, to to get to our weekly update of Zion Watch?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Let's go.
0: No no weight jokes this week. No no, no eating jokes. No. Um, the media have made enough of those. Definitely. It's, it's fine. Um, unfortunately, the news is not great. Zion has, has injured himself or not. He's aggravated his injury. So it yep. looks like he's been set back a little bit. Yeah. So that whole ramping up to, to full contact training is going to sort of uh, – is being put on hold.
1: Yep. Um, unfortunately. Sorry. I think after that announcement was made that he was getting back to more duties, actually, he recovered a little bit. He was up to 300, um, which was up from 360, but the lowest it sold for was 257. So it's, I think there's people out there who are having serious conversations about, do I get out now and just cut my losses and move on to the next thing? Mm.
0: And this is this is actually like it's it's tough. It's actually um, yeah. There's a lot of people losing a lot of money
1: right now. If you're selling and you bought it at the peak, yeah, what fifty you, percent?
0: If you bought if you bought at that point, is it really worth offloading it? Do you know what I mean? Like you're not getting your money back. You're getting mm. a lot less.
1: That's when you lose, right?
0: You know what I mean. You hold it. Sure, it might be a three dollar card in years to come because he never came back. Mm. He got depressed and ate himself uh, out of the league. But no, Zion. Like, if you pay, if you paid more than four hundred dollars for this card, why would you sell close to the two hundred and fifty dollar mark?
1: It's yeah. I th- I think I'd be holding personally, but for me at this price, and again, just. Going back to Fox, I don't want to go on and on about this. This is the last thing I'll, I'll say about it. But <laughs> for me, I, I couldn't go past it. Yep. I just couldn't. At that price, I was like, you know, let's go. So, you know, if you do want to flip, if you do want to sell out now, there's there's going to be people out there that, that are going to have that feeling that the price is too good. Like, it's irresistible. Mm. So, you know, my Christmas present for this year is sorted. That's done.
0: <laughs> Very. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's not it's definitely not a zion is it Let definitely fuck, not fox no. foxes foxes are wild it's i don't know I, it it's one of those you are you, in for a penny you're in for a pound you you've got to you've really got to ride it out you've got to wait till he gets back on the floor
1: yeah the so only like is he, he down 50 back- percent or is he discounted 50 percent i think is the cup half full? Is it half empty?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I think, I think he he's he's definitely uh, in decline, and the longer he's out, the more questions get asked.
1: Yeah, sorry, we're talking about Zion again now, aren't we? Just yeah, to clear back, this up. Back to Zion. Yeah, we're back to
0: Zion. <laughs> we're back to Zion. <laughs> we we can go. We can move into Fox because I, I I think it's worth it. Worth the discussion, but Zion. Zion hasn't played... Like, when he is on the court, this is a bargain price, right? So if he gets healthy, this is a great investment. Mm. The questions are being asked at the moment, is he
1: injury-prone? And I think that's very fair, by the way.
0: Is this a bad investment because he's going to get injured out of his top value?
1: His body type, the way the league is, Yep. in addition to that, maybe do doesn't have the best diet, best conditioning. Mm. You know, if people are getting cold feet, that's totally fine. And it's um,
0: that's look, uh, look. My advice would be, you, if you've lost almost fifty percent of your money already, don't don't just drain, don't throw it down the drain. Just just be Hold patient. Tight. Hold on to it. Like it can't get much worse if you think it's he, he's bottomed out just let him take the court let him take the court that would be that would be my advice is wait until he's back on the floor because you I, will see a spike
1: when he goes back when he comes back i don't know what my advice is man i mean if you're just looking at as a pure investment I'm sure there's some theory out there that just says cut your losses and move on to the next thing. Because what's the best way to spend three fifty at the moment or three hundred?
0: Fox. <laughs> but you're getting into you. You know, I know what you mean. You're getting into Jar. You're getting in. You, yeah, I, right. You're getting into Mellow. Ant Man. Sneaky, like, getting into Ant Man. And that I, guy I'd be into is Ant-Man.
1: playing amazing at the moment and i don't think his prices have caught up
0: all right so new here's here's one being Um, serious are you ditching some are you putting this aside for some cash so that when cade cunningham cards come out you start investing in cade detroit's got a new new uh a new dynamic duo they reckon the
1: future you have be, listen- be listening to Al too much. All right.
0: Let's- no, I actually saw it online. This is not listening to Al.
1: Let's clear this up.
0: I'm not going I'm not I'm I'm not going with a Muggsy Bogues comparison. <laughs> <laughs> they actually said they were compa- comparing them to like the liked of um backcourts like Lillard and McCollum and, and Clay and Steph. They're gone. Are these two gonna have they just decided they're gonna gel?
1: Killian Hayes and, Killian Cade, Hayes Cunningham.
0: and Cade Cunningham. Yep. Two young players are going to grow together. So, But do you invest in something like that? Do you get off Zion and invest in in something like that? Or do you jump on Airman, who
1: um, looks the goods at the moment? So this is way too early to be making predictions, but essentially this is what we're doing, right? So mm-hmm. my feeling about Cade Cunningham is that He's going to be a very, very good pro. His intelligence is off the charts, and you can see that, but his athleticism isn't there, and you can also tell that at the Mm. moment, maybe he's like half a step behind. All right, So, he's in Detroit. He's not that athletic. He's not that flashy. Mm. I think that translates into cards. Basically, not that well. Now, again, incredibly small sample size, but Interesting fact, and I've sort of been waiting to bring this up. Mm-hmm. We did a box of Chronicle draft. We did random, and Raptors was traded straight up for Pistons. So, that person felt that Scotty Barnes was better to grab than Cade Cunningham. Potentially. Obviously, both wow. those cards need to come out of the boxes for it to happen, but you see what I'm trying to put down, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And- is that actually indicative of where mm. his card value is actually less than Scotty Barnes? So then you would say less than Green, yeah. And then what about the kid from Cleveland? Like yep. he has to be top one, top two. He's just playing out of his mind.
0: Yep. Yeah. No. So, that, that's a that's a that's a valid point. So we geez, we've got we've dived down a rabbit we've hole. Segued we?
1: Wade. We've segued away. We've
0: segued away. The question is, do you jump out of Zion into something like this?
1: Of all of these players, to- though, right now Ant Man, yep. I'd still put above all of them. That's my above takeaway. We didn't talk about Lamelo. We were talking about Cade Cunningham. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, a separate yeah, yeah. True, conversation altogether. I mean,
0: but do you, do you? So, all right. So, rather maybe on than who price ratio, who, yes. Do you just do you jump out of Zion? Is my into question into Ant Man? Into anyone? Do you know what I mean? Like? Do you well, cut your anyone. losses on Zion? But if or- you said to
1: me. I'm cutting my losses on Zion. I'm out. I want to get into Ant-Man. I'm okay with that. Okay. I don't I'm, think I'm, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, whichever player you decide to invest in, I hope you do your research and you, if if you do decide to, you're taking a, like a near 50% hit on Zion yep. to jump into something else. You, you really want that to be on an upwards trajectory because yep. at the end of the day, you want to recuperate the money you spent.
1: Mm-hmm. So For that's sure.
0: why you're cutting your losses and reinvesting right yeah trying to make something back um I just think that Zion the potential of he was averaging 26 points a game before before he's been injured so the question then is do people not think that he's going to like jump back as strong and and I, I just I just think he's worth the risk the stats that he puts up says he's worth the risk
1: at his current price it's a very low risk yep i'm fine Agreed. with that
0: yep i just don't think people should be jumping ship for like getting off zion to get on someone else yeah i think they should be asking their grandparents for extra money for christmas <laughs> to buy ant-man cards
1: <laughs> so now you've got zion and ant-man that's it okay you want right. you
0: want to invest in both
1: phoenix golden state Recap. What did you think of the game?
0: Wow. Well, I look. I I, I, I saw limited, limited amounts. But what I did see was um, a long, long way to go for the Lakers because uh, I I don't think they're in.
1: They're not in the same. They're sentence.
0: in the playoff. They're they're they in the play-in tournament at the moment. Um, the Warriors. The Warriors look scary good. Um, yep. Despite. <laughs> just a, a bit of a setback today against the Spurs.
1: That's fine. But Look,
0: that, that's on the back. That's a back-to-back, 82-game
1: right? season for a reason. That's why.
0: Well, it's a back-to-back, yeah? Yeah. So, but I think they emphatically put their foot down after losing uh, to the Suns and giving Phoenix a, a perfect month.
1: Look, we but- need to give Phoenix as much kudos as we can because they're not a big market. They're not going to be getting heaps of love. So I think... We should do our little bit. Yeah. And,
0: and and now that they are look, the the rematch, of course, I'm just going through the box score now. It's um seeing Booker go down was well, seeing Booker get injured was was concerning. But I think Phoenix has got some serious depth. Yeah. Like I don't know where it all came from, but obviously the draft, but
1: And just really nice pickups here and there. Shamet is a great pickup. Yeah, Shaman's a and really good pickup, actually. McGee fits into everything that they do. Just It's, it's they scary. They out and they've still got a rim runner lob finisher. And not to it's, make the NBA sound easy, but that's all they need around Chris Paul and he'll sort of work out the rest. He's oh, just-
0: And that's how good he is. That, he's that, a savant. That's a credit to, to Chris Paul as yep. a player. Um, Aiton, he's, he's coming to his own, I think.
1: That's, he that's looks a, really good.
0: He's, um, I don't know, maybe he's the new prototype future big. He's the new standard. Interesting. Big guy like Aiden. It's, um Early days I would have said he was born in the wrong era. Yep. Um, and and I he think, was to a degree. But I think maybe he's coming into his own. But maybe it's the team he's on. Maybe it's. Chris Paul's magic, but- um, Chris
1: Paul's unlocked him, and he's very yep. big friendly. Let's be honest. Yeah, very
0: yep. much so. He's- um, I don't think you'd want to like run, wanna run a pick and roll with anyone but Chris Paul in this league. Like, if you got to choose, yeah, CP3 definitely. would be your man. Yep. Um, now, the Golden State Warriors. Talk to me. Where do they get these players? Do you know what I mean? Like- all right, so we've already talked about Peyton. Yep, but you've got you've got Paul. You've got, I mean, Poo- on the on the injury list, we've got Clay Thompson. That's fine. Paul was the late pick. Yep,
1: they just drafted him.
0: But they just seem to put everything together. Even I think <laughs> Kavon Looney's just lucky to be on the team. To be honest,
1: but Looney's a good. He's a he's pro. just this.
0: He's this this. Serviceable player that just very and and Kerr's like, yep, you're in, you're fine, do the job you're paid to do, he knows how to do, and that's all he needs to do. Um, it scares me. Like, this team is, I don't know, they've got to be, they've got to be like favorites. Clay's not far off,
1: he shot today before the game in his actual uniform. And I think that's somewhat symbolic.
0: All right. So, who did the Warriors play on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to get my conspiracy hand on. I reckon.
1: Oh, I love conspiracy. Hit me.
0: I reckon. Oh, and guess it they- is. No, that's Christmas Day, is it?
1: Oh, my God. Maybe against the Lakers?
0: No, no, no. The Lakers have got the Nets. All right, and we're kicking things. Oh uh, no! So Hawks are playing the Knicks, Celtics playing the Bucks, Mavericks playing the Jazz at nine AM on Boxing Day. Hit me. It's uh, it's a rematch again of the game we're talking about. It's the Phoenix Suns. Oof! Their Christmas Day matchup is against Phoenix.
1: Delicious. Great.
0: That's awesome. That's and oh, look, hopefully. You've got Clay Thompson taking the court, you've got Booker. Imagine them both at full strength. It's gonna be good. I um yeah. Anyone that that didn't catch either of them, it was it was sad to see Booker not take the court uh in the set in the in the rematch, but it'll be all right. Be all right. Christmas yeah. Day.
1: Phoenix has moved into the space of my mind like Philadelphia. It doesn't matter who plays for Philly. Yeah. It doesn't matter really who plays for the Suns. They've got a system Everyone mm-hmm. knows their roles. Everyone knows their places. And they're just a machine that produce points. They get stops. They get boards. They just go about their business. But when you add in Embiid and, you know, Chris Paul and Aiton, then they generate, you know, some real wins, I think. Yeah. yeah. I really like Philadelphia. I think they're just well-coached, well-organized. And Phoenix is more than in that conversation now. They're just a really yeah. good team.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: Oh Alrighty. wow! Chronicles got released this week. What's your? Do you love Chronicles? Do you hate it? Do you? What do you think? Well,
0: i would, actually no Chronicles. I don't know. It's one of those sets. I'm not not really a, a massive fan. I'm, I'm not a hater. Um, it's all right. I just I just think it's one of those. I don't know. It's one of those sets that it's hard to find a spot for. Interesting. If that makes sense. It's one of those where where does it fit on the scale? Yeah. Um, I don't know. How about yourself?
1: For me, I know it's not good for me. It's like drinking <laughs> Coke, you know, but it tastes so good. Yeah. Caffeine gives me a yep. nice buzz. So basically Chronicles is just all these different products and they can't find a spot for them and they put them all into one product. Mm -hmm. So this year, and every year it changes. So this year we've got Donruss Optic Traded, we've got Gala, that's come back, Gold Standard is back, Limited, Majestic, Plates and Patches, Titanium, and this actually wasn't in the listing, but Cornerstones, which is one of my... Oh, wow! Yeah, top three for me. So the other thing that they absolutely nailed this year was the Essentials card. Mm. It's this beautiful sort of like black laser. It just looks like they've just, it's a home run. I think that's going to be a really collected card. Um, I like to do, you know, set chases. I've been very open about this last mm-hmm. year. I did the Crusades set out of Chronicles. Yep. I think this year I might do Gala. I just feel like that's a real blast from the past. I'm just so happy that's back. Yeah. But I-
0: Gold standard being back was interesting.
1: Yeah. They're nice cards. I think that's I thought really you were good. about
0: to say black gold.
1: Black gold. Oh, black and gold. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Remember the black gold, yeah. They were nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like those cards.
1: They didn't do well on the resale market though.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: If you got a dollar for those cards, you were doing really well,
0: yeah, it's yep. um i mean i i I have a few I still have a couple of interesting pieces from that black and gold set, but it was it was trying too hard to be premium and not premium enough at the same time yeah um rough
1: that would nice anyway
0: yeah know so, I've got an, I've a beautiful on card uh auto Kobe auto from that set, and it's okay. um, it looks great.
1: But, I'm sure you'd get more than a dollar for that.
0: Oh look, I thought I was going to get dollar fifty for it. My... <laughs> but even the like even the text that they use for the order is like a thick gold, like a I don't know what they call it, like a gold like a posca. posca. Yep, yeah. like that that paint pen kind yeah. of feel, and you're like, <laughs> I get what you're going with, but it needs to be a bit thinner on the point.
1: Anyway. We have to talk about Prism Update, though, because in my mind, this is actually really important. And the checklist is super weird this year. And I think part of it is because even though it's out now, it's last year's set, so it's very confusing. But Christian Wood's there, Harden's there, Westbrook's there, Deshaun Tate's there, Compazzo's there, Chris Paul, Jeremy Grant, RJ Hampton. So, he's in the Orlando uniform for that. John Wall's in a Rockets uniform and I'm Moses surprised Brown. surprised John Wall's okay, in see. a
0: uniform. How did they get a photo of John Wall in a uniform?
1: That's controversial. Come on. We don't need that.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. And and who was the last one? Moses Brown. There Moses Brown, yeah. yeah. Get away from that topic.
1: So I saw a. I was in a two case break of this and Moses Brown was in every box. So <laughs> that was just like. Not what you're hoping for with OKC. Um, let's talk a little bit about Jishon Tate, though, because this is actually a, a really good segue. We had a listener question from Instagram from Cram Cards. So yep. please follow him on Instagram. It's spelled K-R-A-M-C-A-R-D-S. And he had a really good question. Jashaun Tate is having a fairly decent season. Yeah, I know he's with the Rockets, so it's no big deal, but I really think he's going somewhere. Stacked numbers up against OKC a couple of days ago. How do you think he'll fare out, Adam?
0: Well, I mean he's got a he's got a fair point. Uh it's it's tough when a player, I suppose, is playing on a, a team that's struggling. Um but that but that's sometimes the platform a player needs to to sort of elevate to that um that star status so yeah. it might actually prove to be the platform that gets him either a contract on a winning team or if Houston somehow puts something together over the next few years then he he might be the franchise player yeah. um it's it's interesting it you you don't know where he's going to end his career, so being at the Rockets at the moment isn't the be all and end all. Um, if you think he's on the rise um, from from the games you've seen, it's it pretty much it's it's you know what he could end up anywhere. He could be playing alongside uh, Tatum in Boston in three years' time. He could be he could be in in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform as part part of a a blockbuster deal down the track, you you don't know. Yeah. Um. So don't don't um don't judge a, a like a young player based on where they're currently at. Now I do a lot of this because especially when they sign their rookie extensions and they're stuck at a, at a terrible franchise like a, a a small market team, it could be bad for them. But look what Giannis has done. He's um. He is the He's the face made of that Milwaukee. He's the face of Milwaukee. Yep. So things can turn around and and yeah, I mean, I think Houston's probably the best place for him at this stage to it's a it's an opportunity, it's a platform to to get out there and and like flaunt his stuff. Yep. And you're not going to get uh many other teams where you get that much of an opportunity as a young player. Maybe Oklahoma City is the other is the other place you might get opportunities like that, or Orlando. Which yeah. is Orlando's like,
1: gone full youth movement for sure.
0: Yeah, like Orlando is is rookie central, and it's like, you know how like we've got over twenty eight night club, like over twenty eight nights, and yeah, so this is like the under twenty fives kind of deal in Orlando. It's I wasn't like, sorry,
1: sure you're, where you were going with that. Yeah, you
0: just to, you can't we can't have old people in Orlando, which is funny because people retire out that way.
1: They love I, retiring. I, at exactly.
0: The- I don't get it. A place <laughs> with so many retirement villages. Their basketball team can't have anybody that's too old. (laughs) Bizarre is beyond me. But yeah, I look, have some fun. If if you think he's he's got a lot to give the league, maybe it's time to get on now. Before he does get a blockbuster trade, before he does sign a a supermax with the Rockets or not sign a supermax and get traded, and then end up as a, a franchise player somewhere.
1: All right, I'm going to nerd you out a little bit here. Oh, here we go. So he actually declared for the draft in 2018, went Mm -hmm. undrafted. So that explains why he doesn't have a Prism rookie card, and it's in the update set. Yep. Um, He went undrafted, actually played in the Sydney Kings for a year, averaged 16.8 points, one steal, nearly two assists, 5.8 boards, 0.8 threes made per game, but on 40% shooting. So I can kind of see why his numbers would translate into the pro game and particularly uh-huh. in the Houston Rockets system. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Now this is where my sort of nerdiness is like going up a bit to a high level. He's 26 years old. So who else is also 26 years old in the league at the moment? Carl Anthony Towns, Paul Zingas, Aaron Gordon, Christian Wood, Grayson Allen. So if you're buying and investing, and this is something I wanted to talk about in a, a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about mm. Indiana Pacers draft pick. He was a four-year guy, you know, do you buy into this guy? But we couldn't make the content work. So let's also sort of splice this in here. No, it's a, it's
0: nice to – yeah, it's definitely nice to, to get another player in that perspective.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So, so he's definitely – he's done his time, but he's – That's right. He's the age of cat.
1: Yeah, like- that's right. And Porzingis. So mm. if I was buying out of that list, I would buy Grayson Allen or – um, Paul Zingus, I think that's the two where there's still you know some movement to be had Cats mm-hmm. you know that I think that ship is sailed
0: Cats over the hill
1: Yeah well no also his card value is quite high right mm-hmm. whereas I suppose what I'm thinking I didn't is mean still a player some I meant
0: card value like he's already yeah. hit his ceiling yeah. um value
1: Grace and allison has got a lot of room to move and Paul Zingas, you know he's up and down for obvious reasons Yeah um so his Card sales coming out of Chronicles has actually been really strong. So there was two Prism cards that have sold uh, the red to one forty nine that sold for one sixty-six USD and Mm -hmm. the purple to forty nine sold for one fifty. And this is this is of Jay Sean Tate. This is Jay Sean Tate. Yep. Of the Prism update cards that's just come out of Chronicles. So in the last week, basically this has happened. Wow. So me personally, I think If I get one of these numbered cards, even though I love the Prism update set and I like Jay Sean Tate, I'm flipping that straight away. Mm. I think for these age and then future opportunity, because I see him, his maximum ceiling to me on a good team is like the eighth or the ninth man. And a little bit to do is that with his size, he's an Mm. undersized four and kind of... A yeah, slow three, like so. I'll,
0: I'll I throw a, throw a spanner at that.
1: Yeah, hit me. I, hit me. I,
0: I, I'm I'm really intrigued now. What people because when you did the age comparison, that was it. it got me thinking, and it's like yep. the way that the the from a hobby perspective, the way someone and just as a as a viewer of the NBA, when you look at a player. And you see that they're new to the league. Like, you go, oh, this guy's brand new. He's only been in the league for two seasons. He's setting the world on fire. Yeah. But his age is on par with people that have been in the league for quite some time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Aaron Gordon feels like he's been in the league for 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's where Like Porzingis and and Cat, I'm
1: like, that's- Totally weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like- but. This guy is new to the scene effectively. Um, do And this goes back to, to the topic you wanted to discuss. Is that four-year at college, like someone that just does all of their, their four years and then goes into the league, really just costing themselves?
1: Do you mean for your professional or do you mean for As the a, card value? Card value-wise. Well, there's always outliers, right? So Tim Duncan, mm. Steve Nash, Damien Lillard, all their card value is like, mm. you know, X ten. Yeah. So mm. no. I think probably the answer is no, at the end of the day, either you got talent or you don't have talent. But
0: But does card value get impacted by age or is it time in the league? And my my thought is it's more time in the league. Unless you're over thirty, I,
1: I think it's more like how you connect to people.
0: Yeah, but if he like, he, this guy's coming to a team and he's relatively new. Just didn't get a rookie card because he was an undrafted prospect, and now he's stepping up. So, is he on radars now? If, are people going to turn pay attention? Where does that where where does that go? Because we know Cap, we know Porzingis, like. Yeah. They've been in the league for a while. Yeah. Um, This guy is the new shiny on the scene, but he's the same age. So longevity-wise, sure, his career is not going to be as long, um, but he's definitely going to be in the spotlight as a new prospect to collectors, I think. Yeah. And I guess that could be a trap, which is why you probably want to flip. Could
1: be a trap. Look, I think these Prism update cards are going to do really well. Mm. Because the two rookies that, well, there's three rookies, but Campazo, I'm not, sorry to be mean, but he's a 30-year-old rookie and I don't think there's a lot of collection value there. But Hampton, I think, is going to do really well in this set, like really well. And I think Tate's going to do well too. But I suppose the question is, are you investing into this? No, I think long-term, definitely not.
0: And and look, the... The, the the likelihood like like let's let's go away from the card collecting side of it let's go let's go real talk mm-hmm. the likelihood that someone that went undrafted is going to tear up the league and be on par with the likes of Giannis mm, probably not yeah like like it's not being mean or anything it's like no. these like there there's a, a reason he went
1: undrafted yeah. Because I would say size and age,
0: and that's not to say that he's not going to have a fantastic career as a role player on a good team. No,
1: definitely not. For and starter, there's been some really good play- undrafted like in- plays. correct? Yeah.
0: Um, but to be one of those elite superstars that sort of demands thousands upon thousands of dollars for a rookie card, no, probably not. So cannot. it depends what you want to get out of that investment. Really would be would be what I would my takeaway would be.
1: Yep. Yep. Alrighty. Let's stay with Cram Cards. He's delivered the goods this week. So two questions from Cram Cards this week. And his question goes as follows. The 1993-94 Topps Finest Refractors, to me, are still very underrated being the first form of that card. I'm seeing a lot of fresh breaks with them without the greening factor i keep mine stored in a slab saver which lessens the humidity now i don't know if these are bs gimmick but there are several other ways to store cards and so many new awesome companies out there maybe you could elaborate on card storage with some newer collectors out there what do you think mr adam
0: i um i'm i'm i don't know i guess i guess now the refractors I remember those cards vividly they were great yep. um the greening sucks but it's I don't know it's one of those things where where we've got basketball cards are an investment um they're they're a tangible asset mm-hmm. and a lot of people a lot of new collectors don't think of the external factors um it's, do you do you collect, do you buy, do you go down the street and buy your son some hoops cards and then, you know what I mean, then have an air sealed, like a, a, a beautiful chamber that's got a certain temperature that the light can only be at a certain level, everything is glass in case for their hoops cards, or do you buy some penny sleeves and say, hey, look, put the good ones in that? Um, yep. It's really dependent on the cardboard you've got, or like what kind of wax you're opening. Really, mm. like if you're if you're cr- if you're busting uh, ninety three ninety four in the search of um, finest refractors, then you've got to be you, you. do have to consider how you store and and look after your cards, and maybe a temperature con- controlled room with a, a dehumidifier. And like a, a controlled environment, yeah, is is the way to go. It depends how you want to display your cards, um, whether or not they're an investment. Are they going in a safe? Are they being put on display? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so many factors, and and um, Cram Cards has got a, a, a really, I suppose the, the next part of that question is advice you'd give to to new collectors, and sure. it's it's how do you want to look after your cards? What what are you in? What are you in the hobby to do? Mm-hmm. If you're into um, to to invest um, and all – because I, I know people that if they buy an asset like that, they're, they're putting it under wraps. It goes in a safe. Mm-hmm. This does not see daylight. This does not get into a humid area. But you've got on the flip side that someone just wants to display all the cool shit they've got. Yeah. <laughs> and just I put it all on Instagram um, when they've got visitors over, hey, come and check out my cool basketball card collection. Yep. It's whatever you whatever you want to do. As a new person to the hobby, try and take care of your cards. Make sure you get good sleeves. Try not to um. Don't don't fall into to gimmicks. And I'm not saying that the um the the those slab stores to dehumidify are a gimmick. I'm not sure. Haven't done the research on that. Yeah. But don't don't stingy out and go. Ah, oh, I've got some top loaders. They're not great quality, but try and jam a card in there and damage it just just be careful yeah. look after your cards um if you want to display them try and display them right um be careful about sunlight we know what sunlight can do um and and please don't use rubber bands on cards it hurts me it hurts me a lot when I see people bring out their basketball cards and they're wrapped in a rubber band
1: yeah
0: <laughs> keep them in a storage box yep um and if you think it's a good card and it's a it's uh, as a silver prism, regardless of the player. Put it in a sleeve. Yeah. Um. They're like what three, four bucks a pack for a packet of sleeves, penny sleeves. That's all you need. Nothing. Nothing major.
1: Penny sleeves actually provide a lot of protection. Yep. At a base for level, the, for the cost of what you outlay for the mm-hmm. protection you get back, it's excellent. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, it
0: depends if you're going to use like one touches and things like that. It, it depends how you're displaying it. It really depends what you're doing with the card.
1: So I might just break my answer down a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Because I think the first part of the question is very specific. It's like this particular year. So I am not an expert in this. This is just my opinion, okay? From what I've been reading and putting together, it seems as though that particular year, it's the chemicals that they use is the main common thread in all of this because some people have them green and some people don't. Some people get them out of breaks and they're green and some people don't. So Mm. there's a lot of variability there. But it seems the main thread is that the humidity um, is the reaction that begins the the – the humidity is the catalyst that – that begins the reaction. Is what For I'm trying green. to say.
0: That's that's where the greening comes from. It's yep. just that it's a it's an air moisture humidity factor. Yep. The, the chemicals the chemicals in the foiling process. Because in the 90s, um, just to to, uh, sort of elaborate on your point, there is yeah In the 90s, there's a very different foiling process.
1: Yep. The refracted that Now.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. And and it has changed over the years, mm-hmm. but there's also um, you'll notice it happens that there's a lot of discoloration with with foil cards um, through the '90s, and it, and it's a different process. Yeah, um, it was something new that they were trying, and they've tried different ways over the years, and and unfortunately, um, the long term impact of uh, of a lot of this the, the refractor process rather than the pri- call it the silver prism effect now um, mm-hmm. is that a lot of cards started to go green.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it was, wasn't was so much a long-term thing. It was because you wanted the shiny card here and now, and I don't think tops really cared about what happened down the track. They just wanted a pretty card here and now.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep. And they probably didn't know what the impact yeah. was going to be. I, I doubt yeah, that, yeah. you know, it was done I'm sure they didn't do it
0: intentionally, yep. but it was like we we want the most cost-effective way to make a nice shiny card So they did it with the technology they had available at the time.
1: Yeah. So I think just stepping back one second. So the main thread here was that every, the common thing is that it was the way the cards were made. And -hmm. there's three main factors that will change that reaction. So sunlight. So the easiest way is to put them into a cardboard box or some other, you know, people use briefcases. You Mm -hmm. can go to super cheap auto. They have, Cases that you can buy there, and actually, they had someone special for like fifteen dollars in the last week. My brother grabbed me one. Um, and then going back in time, some of the penny sleeves that people use weren't acid-free. So now these days, you you'll see it written on the packet: acid-free is industry standard now, and that yep. is also part of that sort of degradation process. And then the last thing's humidity. So for me, this is not something I think about a lot because I don't live in a particularly humid environment, but reading on some Reddit forums, and actually there's a lot more information on Pokemon cards on this topic, but some really funny stuff, but really beautiful, easy stuff. So if you want the cheapest way to remove the humidity from your card collection, you're going to laugh at this. So, when you get your parcel from EB or wherever, you know, those little sachets they chuck in the bottom to absorb the moisture.
0: Mm-hmm. And normally
1: you just take them out and throw them in the bin, right? Yeah. You just take those and put them into your box and they'll just sit there and absorb the moisture. How delicious is that sorted?
0: That's, 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 it's stupid, that's isn't it? That's literally the simplest thing you could possibly do. Yeah. So, you mean like when you buy, you get like vitamins. Yeah.
1: The
0: little uh, sachet. Is yeah, that a they do put
1: them in, They do put them in vitamins too. Yep. Yeah. But there's those little like paper little ones gel that packet. sort of like yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's all they are. They just absorb you know, moisture and humidity. Wow. Yeah. So you can also buy those on Amazon. You can get a hundred for like thirty bucks. That's another option too. You know, a little bit more costly, but still that's a solution. And then you can get bigger buckets just from Woolworths or Coles. And then they you put that bucket into your room and it absorbs moisture. When it's all filled up, you just flush it down the toilet. That's also an option too. Wow. So specifically to answer the question about mm. the, the card protector. So this is my understanding of this product. It is a case and it's this beautiful looking case, but the case itself just protects the slab. So, it protects it from you know, vibration and knocking, mm-hmm. and it also protects it from the UV sunlight that you would get. Yep. And then you put your card into a, a bag, and that bag actually absorbs all of the humidity. So, it's not the actual case. So, when you go on the website and you buy it, you're buying this you're a really beautiful case. But actually, what removes the humidity is the you know, anti-humidity bag they put into. And they sell you two of those little bags and one's in a snap-tight plastic bag. So, you know, no humidity can get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose what my thought process about that is, is I think if you've got one dynamite card and you really want it to be protected and you want to know the humidity mm. amount that's being exposed to, I think it's fine to buy one of those cases and I think they retail for 30 US. So we're not talking a huge amount of money, but where the it becomes cost prohibitive is if you want 10 of those or 20 of those, mm. what you might actually be better to do is buy a very rock solid suitcase or briefcase. Yeah. Pat, pat it out or get the padded boxes from Super Cheap Auto. Super cheap and auto put or Bunnings. A couple or, yeah. of those humidity sashels into that and that will take care of your you know your problem altogether. Yep. In terms of penny sleeving and top loading, I've been accused in my breaks of over penny sleeving, but <laughs> over it's like penny an, sleeving. It's like an O C D thing for me. I I just penny sleeve a lot, you know.
0: Hey look, people are I, I getting base cards graded, so you've got to penny sleeve everything.
1: I generally will penny sleeve inserts, rookies and big vets. Because I, I don't see a problem with that. If you're, if, if, hang on, I'm going to. Chronicles is a problem because there's so many rookies in that set. I, I have to admit, I'll skip penny sleeving every single one of that. I don't want to mislead people <laughs> I, here. I
0: was going to go and look, look from through my pile of trash cards and see if I could see a player that I would be like, if you sleeve this, there'd be <laughs> nothing. Right then, yeah. then there are issues. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, I think that's completely reasonable. Why would you, yeah. as a breaker, why would you not? protect cards for for the people that you're sending. Like it's a service thing.
1: I think for cost value ratio, you can't go past a penny sleeve. Now for top loaders, loaders, this is a a really a personal choice, but very early on in the piece for me, I got really good advice and $5 and above only because if you're top loading every card that's less than $5, you know, you're going to run out of top loaders. In addition to that, top loaders are so hard to get at the moment, right? Are they? There's, there's an international shortage. So, don't be selling top loaders to your mates.
0: i a funny story for you later on. I may have a tub full of top loaders at home oh, in my garage.
1: You've just 10 to your money, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here I thought I was going to be enough selling basketball cards to make money.
1: Don't sell basketball cards, sell plastic.
0: (laughs) Accessories. That's that's where it is.
1: Um, But my biggest Russellism when it comes to card protection is, is, and I cannot stress this enough, if you get a card slabbed, you just buy the graded slab protection. They're literally a bag and you put your slab into that because – you know, yeah, you spend whatever it is that you do, and then the actual cases get scratched, and they get scratched very easily. So, in terms of protecting your investment, your precious cards, mm. that to me is the most important thing. I agree. Um, in terms of card protection, because uh,
0: I was waiting for the uh, the old "if it's not on, it's
1: not on." Um, <laughs> This is supposed to be a, a kid-friendly podcast. It's
0: okay. Kids can learn about condoms on cards. It's about using protection. Always use protection. I had a friend that we used to get... I'm not having this in.
1: conversation with kids. All right? We, you can... Uncle Adam can we, do this. I'm out.
0: We uh, we did it in the, the, the Magic the Gathering scene. We, like, a friend of mine was like, I always have condoms on my cards. <laughs> he never called them sleeves. He always called them condoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway
1: i feel like as a basketball card collector yeah. i'm now looking down on the magic nerds you know what i mean yeah. like yeah oh boy oh look I, I think you know that's probably covered this question pretty well i think
0: yeah look i i think um penny sleeves are a great start um, penny rubber sleeve, bands top are loader. a bit, no. yeah storing them with rubber bands is bad
1: yep Penny sleeve top loader team bag, yep. you know, graded card sleeve. That and, we really take and look care
0: storage of. boxes. Um, you can get all kinds of storage boxes. There are ones that hold top loaders. There are ones that hold slabs. There are ones that just hold your, your normal standard size penny sleeved cards. Yeah, um, having them in good storage, um, i.e., they don't move around too much, is uh, is a big thing as well. Definitely,
1: in, in my eyes. Yep anyway
0: yeah I think I think we've covered that off
1: um very well
0: and yeah hopefully well good luck um cram cards in in keeping any of those uh 93.94 tops finest refractors yep um not so green
1: mm. Luba manifesto part two let's go you first mate
0: part two um oh, how do we how do we summarize this part he's talking about the um
1: you don't have to summarise. You can just tell us what your key thoughts were.
0: Key thoughts are there's the, the market is actually trending the way that it should trend and has done for years. Yep. Um the spike while it was completely wild is um is it corrected itself and it's put it the, the the hobby back on track. It's not some market collapse. Mm-hmm. Um no and then yeah look i mean it's interesting my the thing i took away from it was interesting that the cryptocurrency crash like cryptocurrency seemed to rise and fall in a very similar trajectory to the um the card market yeah which uh which was which was interesting but yeah overall that was my big uh observation for it. like it, it's it's interesting to see the many factors that go into it. And yep. and I agree, and I don't know what your stance on this is. If I had a piece of cardboard that had gone up ten to fifty times its value, would you want to sell it? Yep. If my five hundred dollar card is now worth 50 grand, mm-hmm. I am selling that to make fifty grand. Yep guess what? That's what a bunch of people tried to do Mm -hmm. when they found out cards were going for 10 times what they're worth. Yeah. That's that's literally like, and you create the supply demand side of things. Everyone was trying to sell it. And then the prices crashed because everyone was trying to sell. There were no buyers.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Rise and fall. But overall, we're, we're, we're still trending the same way the hobby has for the better part of two decades.
1: Yeah, and looking back a couple of years, uh-huh. even after that huge decline, we're still overall up. And for me, I find that very reassuring.
0: Extremely, and extremely reassuring. Yeah.
1: and when I go onto eBay and I'm looking at card sales or card ladder or 130 point, whatever, cards are still being sold and they're being sold for really good prices. So breaks I'm are still filling up. I'm, I'm Boxes interest, are still interested hard in breaks
0: in peaks because this isn't the the only one like this isn't the first time there's been a, like a spike
1: yep he did speak about a spike was it in the 80s
0: 16 uh, I mean over the last 20 years you had one in 16 and 20 there was the the minor spike in 20 before the explosion in 21 right mm-hmm. so the prior to that there was one in 2016 what was the what was the basis around the 2016 spike not sure i'm i've I've only got one theory. Talk to me Kobe retired.
1: Why would that spark it?
0: A lot of people were trying to get collectible like things signed or there's a lot more Kobe collectors came out of the woodwork when Kobe announced his retirement
1: and was that also the year that panini started to produce cards
0: twenty sixteen
1: yep. Because that was the year that Simmons was a rookie, and he signed with Upper Deck.
0: That's right. I remember that. I, I, yeah. It was Was it sixteen, seventeen, or seventeen, eight, seven, sixteen,
1: seventeen?
0: Yeah, it was Ben. Uh. So, can we rag on Ben Simmons for the spike?
1: Well, Neb <laughs> has said this on the pod before that the reason why silver prisms became so popular is because of Simmons. Oh wow. And he sort of, you know, uses that to put more hate onto him.
0: Yeah. Oh, ben deserves it. <laughs> I had to go. I had to have a go at Ben Simmons. <laughs> I think we made it a lot further this week.
1: What are we up to? An hour plus. Yeah. We're over now. An, an hour, hour eight. Beautiful.
0: There we go. It's a new yeah. record.
1: It is for us.
0: But um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Like there have been spikes before and, and I don't – and and we are – it just seems like the ship is it's gone up a bit the trajectory's been better over over more recent years but mm. it's definitely i don't know I just I don't I don't see what the um yeah I don't see the hobby like losing traction if that makes sense we've yep. got a lot of new people in the hobby um yep.
1: so he spoke about that and mm. one of the things he said was that at the recent nationals, forty six percent of people who attended were first timers. Yep. And the average age was twenty five years and younger. And for me that's really, really key moving into the future because then you know that there's this beautiful amount of fresh blood coming into the hobby. Yeah. And younger people too. And and for me, this is all really good signs that you know we're not collapsing. We're not, yeah. You know, the not sky isn't bloom. falling. Definitely not. Yeah, there is going to be you know room for us. The other thing that I was just nodding my head. I could feel myself just nodding my head as I was reading was the story he was talking about the PSA overwhelm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's they, that's a factor.
1: Um, developed into their backlog, he postulates 15 million cards which is an 18 month waiting list yep um is that and we spoke about this last week to be fair but mm. it needs to be said again is that so people's money is then tied up for eighteen months or you know longer. Mm-hmm. So they're not rolling that money back into the hobby. They're not and- getting
0: cards back in in two months and flipping them and yep. rolling it back in.
1: Exactly. And then spending it more on breaks, mm-hmm. buying more singles, yada yada yada. Like I believe that one hundred and ten percent is no doubt in my mind that that is a factor and all of this slowdown. So yeah. agreed. I couldn't agree with that more. The other thing that really piqued my interest, and again, we've already. Talked about this tonight, but when PSA bought Genomint, the grading company, I really think that these new startups that are doing it—I know they've copped a lot of criticism. People aren't interested in grading with them. You know, it's a waste of money to grade with these new companies. You know, blah 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 blah. But if you're a startup and you're investing into this and you're building a new company, just like. In IT, when these new startup companies go out there and they get bought out by the big dogs, yep, by Microsoft, by Google, by Facebook, you know, whatever, I I really see that same parallel in this space where they get bought out by the big dog, which would be PSA at this time. So, yeah, I know they've got a lot of bad publicity, all these new companies, but Again, it's not all doom and gloom. I don't see that. Um, yeah,
0: look, it's gonna be hard to break into the grading market. Um Definitely. That that that's for sure. Yeah. But it's yeah. I um I think there's a lot to take out of this this section where yeah. we've got the rise and fall, like the this massive spike, uh the dip that inevitably or crash that people are referring to. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's I don't know. there's so many different factors, like as we touched on, crypto was a factor. Um, I don't know how NFTs are
1: gonna enter the game, which is gonna
0: be interesting.
1: NFTs are here. Tops are here. Panetti's doing them, tops have got their own NFT too.
0: Yeah. I just like long long term. Um I think it's it's interesting because I think NFTs are, are here to stay. Definitely. Um and I, I don't know what that looks like in the future, but it, it's it's exciting, but how does that impact like tangible cardboard or
1: oh, yeah? Maybe there's less people buying singles because they're mm. buying NFT.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's and then and then you've got the face to face stuff. Um so a lot of a lot of this was happening on eBay. And they touch on it, it's touched on here, uh I'll get to the bit. I've got the manifesto. He up lays
1: that out really well, doesn't he? He
0: does. Uh, yep. it was was it the first point he makes? Was it? Hang on. Card shows killed the eBay star. Point number one. Um, <laughs> and too long, don't read. Um, the lockdowns ended. In person card card shows returned, and demand was no longer concentrated into a single online market. Yep. Really simple. If everyone's stuck at home, and their only platform is eBay.
1: Yep. Or Facebook, you or know, Facebook, groups and stuff yeah, like in that. Yeah,
0: yep. do you know what I mean? Like you're not going to card shows. You're not wheeling and dealing. You're not exposed to multiple copies of the card. There, there. It's it. It was interesting. There's a lot mm. of um, FOMO, like real fear of missing out on winning auctions and things, and that was really spiking prices.
1: Yep.
0: So I don't know. I think now that COVID, the lockdowns have ended, at least. Um, and, until they they're not they're not ended and they're back in lockdown. No, I, sorry, flashbacks to Nam. Um, but yep. Yeah, once we get let's out, let's not go there. Yeah, once, once we get back to a place where we can interact with with people in society mm. and go to card shows, um, I think the market normalizes again. Yep. And and that's sort of what's what's happened in the states, and and will on will have the on flow effect globally. Um, yep. But, yeah, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into this hobby. Yeah.
1: Um, yep. And, yeah. it's He laid it out really well. And I think I'm not going to try and rehash that. I think I just wanted to talk about the things that I, you know, really enjoyed yeah. from that section. And those were definitely my top three. It was Yeah.
0: I, I'm looking forward important. to going back to card shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, just to talk yep. about that, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to sit online and just, like, bid on a card. I want to yep. go and see what somebody's got. And then go oh I did go through that. the box do you know what I mean like flicking yep. through cards so good that was that was like a highlight of my childhood going through looking for value or looking for something that I wanted a card I didn't own that a player I PC yep. you know what I mean like you, you don't get that experience on eBay because you don't get to just flick through
1: yeah. I mean you can go through people's sales on Facebook but it's it's just not the same I I Definitely see your point.
0: Yeah, I want to filter through the bargain box. <laughs> There's no bargain boxes anymore, are
1: there?
0: <laughs> Especially I think so. if they're all slabbed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, alrighty mate. What do you reckon? We tied up.
0: Yeah. Well, we've we've um we've covered some stuff. Yeah. We've um we've covered some stuff. I guess so- while we're we're talking about the great. Before we wrap up the Luba part. So when is PSA gonna like really open up and, and create normal services again?
1: He that that had been talked about. But they're very nondescript of you know when mm. it's gonna happen. But what they did say was that fifteen dollar subs are coming back. They don't plan to remove that from their service. Good. So
0: Don't worry, well that means we'll beat the twenty thousand zions. With forty thousand lamellos,
1: yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. Because yeah, as soon as they open up again, to find one on eBay, it is so hard. Oh, really? Yep. Wow, with the PSA stuff, it's just rare. Hmm,
0: it's interesting. It'll it'll normalize again. Yeah, and I think part of the the buying of the other companies is a, is a step towards that. I think there's something in the pipeline.
1: My gut feeling is that over the next twelve months they'll graduate at the services, mm-hmm. and then in the next year after that, then they'll begin to put out the fifteen dollars subs. Because yep. if they open up fifteen dollars subs in the next twelve months, they'll be flooded times ten, and then they'll be probably in a worse situation of what they were. But I think if they progressively open up, get sort of through that big onslaught that people were just you know couldn't wait to get out, you know, then they can open up you know properly again, and that okay. would also give I, them yeah another twelve months to get their processes and get their volume up. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I still, I, yeah, I, I have a feeling that that the um the the cheap subs there will be a different mail to address. Interesting. That's my that's my thought.
1: All right. Let's lock that in. Make a note.
0: Let's see what happens if we have to mail our cards to a different location. Yeah. For PSA to grade them. If they're uh, the $15 slabs. Yeah. But yes. Well, I think uh, yeah, I think we've covered a lot today. What do you reckon?
1: I think we've gone through a lot. So, thanks for a great episode, mate, and also congratulations on episode 1 of You Can't Comp This.
0: You Can't Comp This, episode 1 in in the books. Yep. That was awesome.
1: A lot I'm of fun. Grateful. To work with you, mate, and it's just been a blast. So, thank you so much.
0: Heaps of fun and looking forward to to many, many, many more episodes.
1: Beautiful, mate. Alrighty. Thanks, everyone, for listening and take care of yourselves. See you, guys. Bye-bye.